What if I told you that in 2024, you were going to travel more? I bet you would be excited because who doesn't have travel more on their 2024 vision board? But my loves, it's time to craft a bit of an action plan and take your first steps. And this is where I come in. I'm hosting a trip to Bali, May 23rd to May 29th, 2024 for the Manifest Daily community. I'm so excited about this one. We have a jam-packed itinerary. We have a Balinese cooking class, a sacred monkey forest, visit a coffee brewing workshop, literally the works because that's just a taste of the itinerary. And this trip is a celebration of new beginnings and also a couple of birthdays. So if you're curious about Bali and you want to meet me there alongside a couple other wonderful, amazing, beautiful souls, head to my website for more information, themanifestly.com slash events. Visit the link in the show notes. And yeah, let's let's hang out in Bali. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hi, my loves. Welcome back to Manifest Daily. My name is Yandra Nicola. I'm the host here. If you're new, I'm so happy to have you tuned in for your first ever episode of Manifest Daily. And of course, if you're an OG listener, welcome back. Thank you so much for being here, my love. Today, we have another guest episode of Manifest Daily. And I'm super excited for y'all to listen to this one. I have had this episode in the vault for literally like, I want to say four or five, maybe even six months. So you know, it's it's just amazing that we're getting around to actually editing this one, to actually releasing this episode because it is such a gem and I'm super excited for you to meet our guest, for you to hear our conversation and for us to just dive into the, the overall amazing vibes of today's episode. Before we do so, my loves, I have a couple of housekeeping items that I want to fill you in on. And the first is that the planner, the manifesting gold digger planner, the planner that I have literally been pouring so much of my energy, my effort, my soul, my good vibes into will be releasing. Well, actually it'll be opening up for pre-order in just a couple of weeks. So if you are someone who loves a good planner, who loves getting your life together, getting your shit together, and just like really enjoys the process of planning, or maybe you want to get into planning and you want to do so in a way that's not intimidating, sign up for the waitlist. I will have the link down below. There was an issue a couple of weeks ago with my website, or not even a couple of weeks ago. This was actually a couple of months ago when I first uh, re-released my new website. Or re-released? I first released? Released? The uh, rebranding of my website. There was an issue where the email address box wasn't collecting the emails properly. So if you did sign up to be on the wait list and you did so back in like February, March, April, Go ahead and sign up again just to make sure that you are on the list and you are notified when the planner gets released. Otherwise, you may not be notified and you may just have to find out on the podcast. (laughs) And I want to make sure that if you want to be on that list to get notified of the launch when the pre-orders are ready, go ahead and sign up. I'll have the link in the show notes. If you follow me on Instagram, the link will also be in my bio. And I've been posting stories with the link every other couple of days. So keep an eye out for those. But I'm super excited about this 
this planner because I really took the methodologies that I use in my day-to-day -day life for planning my goals, breaking down my goals, and making sure that I am creating an approachable and somewhat like easy to digest way of approaching my goals. Um, I just put all that together in this planner. So if you're someone that like creates a lot of goals at the start of the year and then all of a sudden it's June or maybe it's just like March, April, May, and you're looking back at the goals that you set in January and you're like, I did not do anything to get to these goals. Like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know how I've fallen behind. And you're someone where you feel like you have a lot of energy when you set those initial goals, but you kind of lose that momentum down the line. This planner is perfect for you. If you're someone that wants to get into planning and you kind of feel a bit overwhelmed with the planners on the market today, maybe they just have too many tabs and too many elements and too many things to the point where you feel kind of like, okay, how was this actually supposed to help me plan my day when I'm feeling overwhelmed by just looking at the planner itself, then this planner is for you. And if you're someone who really wants a daily planner, then this is a planner for you. I find that when I go to look at planners, or at least like when I would always like shop for planners, I would see a lot of monthly and I would see a lot of weekly. And I really wanted something where I could sit down and plan out my day to day. I could sit down and figure out what are my high priority tasks for the day? What is my time block for the day look like? Like what can I expect to be doing at 6 a.m. versus versus 8 a.m. versus 10 versus 12 um, and really understanding how my day is going to flow. And then I also really wanted a planner that would allow me to reflect at the end of the day. What am I grateful for? What did I learn today? What can I improve and work on for tomorrow? How can I actually track my movement of the day and figure out, am I being consistent with my workouts, especially if I've set workout goals? This planner is amazing for that. At the start of the planner, I have a section that's basically all about manifestation and goal setting. I give you a methodology that I've constructed to help you break down, well, first of all, set your goals. And I have different categories for the goals. There's a bit of, not necessarily homework, but a bit of like, you know, questions to help you really figure out what kind of goals you wanna set and really break those goals down into manageable monthly, weekly, and daily action items. And then there's a bit of scripting going on. I get into what scripting is, if you're unfamiliar. I get into how to script and there's some sections for that. We go into the actual uh, monthly. It is an undated planner. It's a six-month planner and it's undated. Reason being that I want you to be able to pick this up in January. I want you to be able to pick this up in March. I want you to be able to pick this up in August if you want to and still get the same amount of just um what's the word I'm looking for? I'm just going to use the word goodness here, okay? I want you to get the same amount of goodness out of the planner. Even if you start in the middle of the year and you decide that the middle of the year is when you really want to dive into some of your goals, I want you to feel empowered to do so without having to feel like, oh my God, I got to wait till January because that's when a lot of the planners actually, the dated ones, that's when they start. I also opted to do six months. I did pull y'all on Instagram. I know a lot of you wanted a 12-month planner, but I opted for six months because I find that it's really powerful when you have a six-month planner to be able to take that six-month chunk of time and at the end of it reflect back and see okay what have I learned in the last six months how can I change my approach and maybe how can I change my goals every time I set goals on January 1st by the time June comes around I have either changed some of my goals or I found that some of the goals that I had set
upset no longer feel aligned. And maybe I have to remove them all together and add in new goals. Like I went back and looked at the goals that I set for 2023 a couple of months ago. And I realized like, okay, yeah, there are some things here that I have achieved and I'm so proud of myself for doing that. There are some of the things that I'm still working towards for 2023. And there were some things on there that I was like, this is no longer aligned. I've decided not to go in that direction anymore. And not to say I won't ever go in that direction in life, but in this specific year and this specific chapter of my life, I've decided not to go that route any longer. So six months, I feel like is a really powerful amount of time. Sometimes when we set yearly goals and we don't have that time to really come back and reflect and think about what it is, you know, that we feel aligned with or no longer feel aligned with or what it is we've achieved or, you know, feel like we're not on track to achieving and, and really allowing ourselves to change our approach. One year goals can feel really, really daunting and can feel like really big and almost unapproachable. So six months I found is that perfect like amount of time for you to set something, have that time to come back and reflect. And at the end of the planner, um, there's a wrap up section, a little bit of a reflection. And of course, if you are someone that likes digital planning instead of physical, I am going to have the planner available as a digital version as well. I kind of went back and forth with that, but I've decided I'm going to do that. And if you're someone that kind of likes both, I know my friend T, we were chatting about it the other day. She said she really likes both physical and digital planners for very different reasons, but I'm also going to have some bundles available on the site where you can purchase both the digital and physical planner together and get them at a bundled discount price. Um, and we're also going to have stickers. So this is the start of something new. I'm super excited for this journey. Um, like I said, I've just put so much into it and I feel like, you know, I had this moment the other day reflecting and I was thinking to myself, I have started so many businesses in my life. And I say so many, meaning like, definitely under 10, but you know, so many, it feels like so many to me, right? All of them have not panned out to be what I thought they were going to be, but that's okay because I feel like in those times where I started something and maybe I didn't keep going because maybe it didn't feel aligned any longer. I started something and kind of learned a lesson and, and had to pivot or it didn't work out the way I thought it would work out. I've taken away so many lessons about how to approach my next business, how to approach my next venture. And I was listening to, I think it was like a podcast or something, or it might've been like a documentary, something where a successful entrepreneur um, was talking about how they've started so many businesses in their life, so many businesses. And finally, they got to a point where they were older and they started that one thing and they stuck with it. But all of the lessons that they learned in their time, all of the, the things, all the business failures, quote unquote, that they had was what led them to that specific moment, that specific um Time, point in time where they were ready to have that successful business. And I say ready, meaning like divine, it was divine time for them to have that successful business that they always had the vision of having. And so, you know, with this venture, I feel super excited because I'm taking all the lessons that I've learned in the past about when it's time to outsource, what I can and can't DIY, what I need to do to set things up legally, how I need to approach things. And I'm really 
putting all of those lessons into place full force for this venture. And I'm so excited for it to grow into whatever it's meant to be, whether or not this continues, you know, down the line, which I, that's what I intend for it to be. But, you know, if it, if it's meant to be something else, I'm open to that as well. But whether or not this continues for the next five, 10 years and grows into something much bigger than I could have ever imagined, I'm here for it. Whether it leads me to another lesson, I'm here for it. Whether it helps a lot of you guys like plan and have a planner that you really feel aligned to and you really vibe with, then I'm so here for that as well. But I'm just super, super, super excited. And another thing I want to do, I have this in my notes, but anyone that ordered a planner from me back in the day when I made the first like iteration of my planners and I had them digitally available, I think this was back in 2020, I'm going to be reaching out to you. I think I still have your information, but if I don't reach out to you by, let's say, August or November, shoot me an email because I want to offer y'all a free version of the digital planner. Um, I know that when I released that last planner, I, you know, I made it in Canva and I was DIYing it and there were definitely some typos in there. And so it wasn't up to the professional standard that I'm holding myself to today. And that's all part of the learning lesson. Like that's all part of the learning curve. And if you're someone who wants to start a business or start a creative venture or start anything, like don't let the fear of making mistakes hold you back from starting that thing because that is part of the journey. So anyone who had a, who got a planner from me back, you know, in 2020 and had a typo in it, like I apologize. I'm human. I did the best that I could with what I had at that point in time. But guess what? It's I, we're up leveling here. Okay, we got a designer for this one. We have a printing company for this one. Um, this has been edited several, several times and there should be no typos in there, fingers crossed, because I'm getting it printed. But um, but I, I want to offer you um, a version of this planner because y'all supported me back when, again, I was DIYing it and when it was very raw and, you know, we've grown from there. It's still very raw, still a small business, of course, but I just want to extend gratitude to those of you who supported me at that uh, at that chapter of my journey and share with you what you've allowed me to grow this into. So um, like I said, I'm pretty sure I have your information on my Squarespace and I will be reaching out and just sending you an email over the next couple of weeks, um, if not by like the end of the year. I definitely plan to do it um, when the actual digital planner goes live. So if you haven't gotten an email from me, like I said, by October, November, reach out to me, Deandra at themanifestdaily.com and I will um, just make sure to send you over a free version of the digital planner planner. And then I'll give you a special discount code for a physical planner as well if you would like to purchase one of those. So thank you again for supporting me. This has been like the longest ad ever, but it wasn't intended to be that. I just really am so proud of myself for for doing this and for really going for it. And, you know, when you have like a vision and you are feeling called to follow that vision, like, you know, you're going to have doubts, you're going to have naysayers, you're going to have moments where you feel like an imposter, like, who am I to try to do this thing? Like so many people have done it better than me. Like I'm looking at all these other planner companies and I'm like, oh my God, like they have all these resources and and they're doing this and this and this. But you would do yourself a disservice and your entire journey a disservice if you didn't at least 
try to follow that vision and try to go after that thing that you're being prompted to follow. So thank you so much for being here, my loves. I will have the waitlist link down in the show notes, link in my bio as well. And um, yeah, thank you so much for listening to this super long spiel about the planners because it really is something that I'm so, so, so excited to share with y'all. And I'm so proud of creating and I can't wait for you guys to get your hands on it. So today's guest episode is with Lauren Papanos, and Lauren is a highly experienced integrative registered dietitian. She's the owner of Functional Fueling Nutrition. Lauren is committed to helping patients use food and lifestyle as medicine for management of endocrine conditions and symptoms. In 2016, Lauren established Functional Fueling Nutrition, a virtual nutrition practice that offers lab testing and individualized nutrition and supplement protocols for patient care. In 2021, she created the brand Strength and Hormones, a podcast collective membership and hybrid program for women of all ages to overcome nutrition and lifestyle related hormone symptoms. Lauren strives to empower her patients to see food and lifestyle as a vehicle to healing and lifelong wellness. She wants to take women from frustrated to high functioning and provide them with the clarity and education they deserve in order to live their healthiest hormone balanced lives. I'm super excited to have Lauren on the podcast today. Like I said, this episode has been in my vault for too, too, too long, but I really hope you guys enjoy this episode. And yeah, let's go ahead and dive into it. Grab yourself a snack, a little beverage. I have my protein shake here right next to me. And let's go ahead and dive into today's podcast episode. Hi, Lauren. Welcome to Manifest Daily. How are you doing today? I'm well, thank you. How are you? I am amazing. It is gorgeous day here in Dallas. It was like 80 degrees yesterday. And then this morning I was leaving for the gym and I did not put a jacket on. And I was like, oh, it's cold today. <laughs> Very much a surprise. <laughs> I, I know the, the temperature shifts. It can be like a 50 degree difference in a matter of 24 hours. <laughs> Literally. And I'm just like, okay, what what is the vibe giving? I guess I have to check the weather like on my phone every single day before leaving the house. Yeah. I mean, I should do that, but I just like to live on the edge, you know? Yeah. Well, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, welcome to the show. I am super excited for this conversation. For anyone listening who may not be familiar with you and your work, let's dive into the, you know, the intro question. So tell us a bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah. So thank you so much for having me. And a little bit about me. My name is Lauren Paponos and I'm an integrative registered dietitian. So essentially what that means is I went to formal schooling to uh, get my bachelor's and master's degrees, both in nutrition sciences. In my master's degree, I emphasize in integrative and functional nutrition, which for those that might not be familiar, it's kind of like uh, Eastern versus Western medicine. So with integrative and functional methods, we're trying to identify the root cause as to why someone's developed a condition and we're really treating the body from a whole systems perspective. So uh, whereas maybe in conventional medicine, you might go to like a gastroenterologist and you might go to an endocrinologist In integrative and functional, we're really looking at the whole system being connected. So that was what I studied in school. And, you know, I went off to do my dietetic internship and become a registered dietitian. And during that time, I was dealing with my own personal hormone and digestive issues. I had lost my period when I was 19 years old and uh, it took about four years to get it back. And, you know, I'd gone to countless doctors and specialists and done every test known to mankind and no one could figure out what was wrong with me, you know, just kept getting the response that you're healthy and, you know, just wait essentially. And that wasn't really good enough for me. You know, I, I didn't really want to wait. I knew that it wasn't healthy to not have
have a menstrual cycle, but was kind of following like all the textbook things of what I'd learned in school and what, you know, medicine was telling me that I should be doing. And so ultimately when I got done and, you know, became a registered dietitian, I kind of had like two paths. I could either go and practice integrative and functional medicine, or I could become a sports dietitian. And I've been obsessed with sports and athletics really my whole life. I was an athlete all through college and I'm just really love athletics. And so, you know, I was like, why don't I just combine the two of those things? And so I did that. And that was really how I started my career. And as I was practicing as a sports dietitian, I was seeing so many athletes that were dealing with exactly what I dealt with, with hormone issues. And I was also doing my private practice as like a side hustle and was seeing that also manifest in every woman that came through my office that wasn't an athlete, that were just women that were active, right? And so it's like, what's going on here? You know, this is so common. And so I continue to practice and see this happening. And eventually I ultimately decided to leave athletics so that I could go full time in, in my private practice and really be able to help all walks of life, you know, all women of different ages and backgrounds and activity levels be able to understand and heal their hormones using nutrition and lifestyle because I saw how profound of an impact that it played on my own healing and on so many women as I was, you know, working my first few years and was just really determined to be able to help women get this message and under understand what's going on within their body. Yeah, absolutely. That was a beautiful summary. And one thing that I really love about your journey and especially like the work that you do is that you focus on women and kind of connecting hormones and, you know, what we're putting into our bodies to our output and what we're experiencing. And I feel like, you know, as a woman, I don't think there's a lot of education around the hormones piece of it. I feel like there's a lot of, you know, we talk about some of the symptoms that we may experience during our cycle, you know, cramps or things being off. And I feel like there's, you know, usually a push to integrate some sort of of medicine, whether it be like birth control or something else and not necessarily discover the root cause, especially when it could be literally what we're putting into our body. So I love that you focus on that and that you're part of that solution with helping women to understand, you know, exactly how everything is connected in our bodies. So I'm super curious about your, your initial start to getting into nutrition and if there was a moment or like maybe a series of moments that was the catalyst for you saying, okay, I want to go into studying how what I put into my body affects my output and, you know, my performance in life. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think that my mom played a huge impact on me. I mean, growing up, my mom, she wasn't in medicine or, you know, healthcare. She's a teacher, but she always was very holistic when it came to methods. And, you know, we had a garden my whole life in our backyard and she always emphasized, you know, pick things from the garden before you go to the grocery store. And it was just like little cues that, you know, I kind of picked up on as a kid. And I started to really see the what we put into our body as, the first line of defense or like the first way to be able to heal yourself. Right. And so mm -hmm. I was very fascinated by, you know, her little comments that she made about, oh, you should eat carrots because your tummy's upset or something of that sort, you know? And then I really just found a love for science when I was in school. I mean, I remember in third grade, I wrote a letter to my mom saying I wanted to walk on the moon and be an astronaut. And oh, wow. it was very, yeah, I was, I was very um, goal oriented and, you know, yeah. I, I really had these big lofty goals. But yeah, I was just like really in love with science. And I remember from a very young age, almost being like, I don't like history. I don't like, you know, any of these other subjects. I just want to study science. 
science. And so when I went into college, I was kind of torn on what does that look like? I was like, I don't really want to go the nursing or the like medical school route because I'm a little bit queasy when it comes to, you know, blood and things of that sort. I don't like seeing people in pain. Um, Mm -hmm. And I also knew that those, the solution for those fields was medicine. And I really didn't love that as a solution. And so I didn't even know that you could work as a registered dietitian. I didn't know that was a career, but the school where I was going um, had that as a, as a major. And so I ended up switching my major my first year of school. And that was how I ultimately got on the track for nutrition. And during that time, I was also competing in college cheer and partner stunts. And so I was starting to implement a lot of these things I was learning in my classes and like really embracing this lifestyle change into my own life. And all my teammates were like, what are you doing, Lauren? Like, this is insane. Your performance has skyrocketed. Um, You just like look so healthy. You seem so healthy, you know, and they were just very intrigued by what changes I was making. And so I just started to educate my teammates on what I was doing. And we kind of just like started supporting each other. It was really cool. And I just, you know, really was like, okay, this is, this is my calling. You know, this is what I'm really meant to do. Not only do I see the effects on myself, I love studying it, but I also love helping other people be able to find these solutions. Yeah. And I think, you know, even going back to the story with your mom, when she was like, oh, eat the carrots, you know, this could help with your tummy, things like that. It's almost like looking at food as that, like you said, the first line of defense, but also food is medicine. And is that sort of, would you say like the differentiating mindset of, or one of the differentiating mindsets between the Western medicine and Eastern medicine? Totally. Yeah. I think, you know, with, with Eastern medicine, food and what you put into your body is definitely medicine. It's that first line of defense. And also I think the bigger differentiator is trying to staying committed to finding the root cause. So, you know, when someone comes to me and they have a thyroid condition, I'm not just going to say, oh, you should eat these foods to support your thyroid hormones. Instead, I'm going to ask the bigger question as to tell me a little bit about when this thyroid condition developed. What was going on in your life? Did you have exposure to this? Was maybe this happening? Do you experience these symptoms at the same time? And I'm really trying to dig so many layers deeper to really understand what was the first domino that fell. Because if we can understand what that domino was, we can go back in time and we can start to kind of like unravel that and start to re-ravel things in a better way, right? And that's really where someone's going to be able to see long-term healing. And that to me is really life-changing, you know, because there's so many awful moments that happen through that process where you're able to find those answers for someone that they've just been told you're going to have to deal with for the rest of your life. You're going to have to medicate to be able to keep levels where they should be. And it's like, no, that's not the answer. There's always a reason and there's always a solution that we can find. About a year ago, I wanted to elevate my health and wellness journey. I was so tired of taking all these different supplements every single day. So instead of adding more, I decided I wanted to simplify and try AG1. It's one of the best decisions I made in 2023. I now feel more energized and mentally clear daily. My skin has even more of a healthy and brighter glow and my digestion has improved. Like I said, I first gave AG1 a try because I wanted to simplify my supplements. I wanted a single solution to support my entire body, my gut, 
and my brain health. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've noticed that I feel a boost in energy, not just in the morning when I take it, but throughout my entire day. I used to rely on caffeinated pre-workouts, if you know, you know, but when I cut those out, I struggled with grogginess. Adding an AG1 in the morning covers my bases with 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, and ingredients like pre and probiotics, adaptogens, antioxidants, and whole food source nutrients. My favorite part of AG1? It's just one scoop. One scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. I love to add in the squeeze of half a lemon, a few drops of AG1's vitamin D3K2, and three ice cubes, approximately three ice cubes every single morning into my glass as well. This is a partnership made in heaven because AG1 is the supplement that I trust and have trusted since 2023 to provide the support that my body needs daily. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. That's drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. Check it out. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So when you're asking these questions, are you just listening for cues that talk about what the person may have like done in terms of eating in that time of their life when things change? Or are you looking at things like, you know, their media consumption or, you know, stress or any sort of triggering events that may have happened in their life? Like what are the specific things you're trying to look out for and pay attention to? Yeah, it's a great question. So yes, nutrition is definitely one of the elements, but it's typically not where when I'm gathering a history where I'm going to start because a lot times people don't honestly even remember, you know, sometimes I might ask, um, you know, was there any big changes that happened? You know, did you go from eating, you know, this way to eating that way? Was there any big shift? But, you know, if someone's thinking five years back, it's, it's pretty challenging for them to remember what they were doing within their consumption. We just don't keep record of it. Great. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, some people do, you know, they're like, Oh, let me go back to my, my fitness pal. And I'm like, no, 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 you're good. Like I don't much data. Um, but you know, I'm more so I'm like trying trying to paint that picture of say someone comes to me and they have an autoimmune thyroid condition like Hashimoto's, I'm going to ask them, okay, tell me a little bit about when you got diagnosed with this condition. Did you have any big stressor that presented at that time? Were you going through a lot of stress either through school, work, personal issues? And they're like, yeah, I was. I had just moved and made a big career change and wasn't really sure where, where my life was going to head after this. And I'm like, okay, do you have anyone in your family that has an autoimmune condition? And they're like, yeah, my mom. Okay, what autoimmune condition does she have? She has Hashimoto's as well. Got it. Okay, so you had the genetic predisposition for this as well. Tell me a little bit about mm-hmm. your digestion. How does your gut feel? Do you ever feel like you have food sensitivities to certain foods? Do you ever get like a burning sensation, bloating, constipation, diarrhea? They're like, yeah, I've had digestive issues my entire life. I get bloated after almost every food I eat. And you know, I have loose stools a few times per week. Okay, have yeah. you traveled internationally at all? Right. And so it's like just continuing to like 
paint that picture and continue to pry that information out of them. And usually nutrition doesn't come in until we actually have like tangible results of, okay, this is exactly how this condition manifested. And now we're going to use food as medicine to be able to heal where these imbalances lie. Yeah. Okay. So it almost sounds like you're, you're gathering all of the pieces of the puzzle and then trying to figure out like, how do we put this together to paint the full picture of what is going on here? Yep, exactly. Okay, cool. I love that. And I want to kind of dive into, you know, this question of affordability, right? Because a lot of times we we hear like, we need to eat this way and whole foods are the best foods and all these different things. But for some people, there is that issue of either accessibility or, you know, with the current economic climate, it could be this, you know, if they're not able to afford those foods, they might want to try a different solution. So for someone who's unable to buy or eat the foods that are high in nutrition, that are high in nutrients every single day, can vitamins and supplements be an effective thing to add into their routine to help them get those nutrients without actually eating the whole foods? Or is that just exactly what, you know, they're called a supplement to your actual diet? Yeah. You know, with supplements, they, they never absorb as well as food does because food is synergistic. Mm. So if you think about a carrot again, a carrot does not, doesn't just have beta carotene, which converts to vitamin A. It also has vitamin C and it has a little bit of B vitamins. And it has this synergy of different vitamins that are in different quantities, right? Beta carotene is the highest vitamin in them, but there's other vitamins that are there. So if you think about it, if you just go and purchase a beta carotene supplement, it's not going to absorb the same as a carrot would because it doesn't have that synergy of all those other vitamins in the same quantities. And that's why it's a lot easier to create a deficiency or overtake a supplement than it is with food. You know, you're going to have to eat quite a bit of carrots to be able to overconsume beta carotene, whereas it's really easy Got to it. take too much vitamin A, right? So, yeah. you know, and I'm, I'm very sensitive to the subject of the economical piece because I, you know, when I was in college, my parents didn't, they didn't support my schooling. I, you know, had to pay for it all on my own. I was an athlete and it was hard. Like it was, it was, it was very challenging, you know, living off a couple hundred dollars per month. And thankfully yeah. I was going to school in a town that was pretty cheap. Um, but then even until like my first career, I mean, you know, I, I was living in Los Angeles, which is not cheap and, you know, making very little money. And so I didn't have the the means to be able to go to Whole Foods and buy some fancy protein bar or some, you know, vegetarian cookie that sprouted, right? Like that's $5 yeah. <laughs> right there. I could buy, I could buy five sweet potatoes for that, you know? And yeah. that's what I always tell people if like you are focused on the financial part of it is to buy things simpler, right? Like to, I know it's a little bit more effort, but instead of getting the pre-made or the like healthy cookie swap or the, you know, pre-packaged frozen, like stir fry thing, like get those foods in their most basic composition, get the broccoli head, not the chopped broccoli, get the carrots, not the baby carrots, get the sweet potato, not the sweet potato chips. Right. And not only yeah. are those better nutritionally, you also are going to save a dollar, $2 on each of those items. And that's going to add up when you get to the end of the month. And it, it really is going to make a difference in your nutritional intake too. Yeah. It's almost like when you're buying that simpler form, you're you're paying less money and you're getting, you're adding more time and energy into turning it into something else. So again, like, you know, with the sweet potato chip example, it's like you might buy the sweet potatoes in their rawest form, but now you have to like slice them up and do the thing 
versus if you buy them already done, you save the time, but you're not saving the money. So I suppose it's like a trade-off between which would you rather save on in that moment? Yeah, definitely. And you know, there's easy ways to prepare things to where it shouldn't feel like it's a, a ton of labor that's going into it, of course. Yeah. I love a good simple meal, honestly. <laughs> My favorite thing. <laughs> I feel like when I was in college, I did a lot of meal prepping and I kid you not, it was like a lot of the same things over and over and over. So it'd be like a protein, a vegetable, um, and some sort of carbs. So I did a lot of like sweet potatoes and then like broccoli and salmon. And then when we could be like, you know, swapping out the sweet potatoes for like maybe a pasta or rice and then, you know, the salmon for like a shrimp. So I totally get that. And I feel like even just thinking ahead and planning ahead is super helpful in that process because then at least you can make a grocery list and maybe map out your meals for the month and really get super organized. I feel like organization is a, a huge part of that process as well. Totally, totally. Yeah. So I'd love to kind of switch gears a bit and talk about hormones and gut health. And you kind of mentioned something about gut health earlier. So we're going to dive back into that conversation here. So what is the connection between digestion and hormones? Yeah, there's a few ways that they're connected to each other. First and foremost, the way that I see the gut as a big source of inflammation in the body, right? It can be. So you, everything you eat has to digest and absorb through your digestive system. So your digestive system is kind of that like that, that bottleneck and you being able to really get the nutrition from what you're putting into your body. So it's so important. But if our gut has different types of imbalances, whether we have overgrowth of bad bacteria in our gut, we've got pathogens, maybe you've like contracted some foodborne illness and you have a parasite, you're having difficulties digesting and absorbing the food. Maybe your gut immune system is, is really activated, which we'd kind of call like a fire burning inside your gut. Those are all going to drive inflammation. And I like to think of it as a red flag. So when you've got inflammation in your gut, it's really sending this red flag to your brain. They're like, hey, there's something that needs to be addressed down here. Can you please answer me, right? And your brain is how all hormones are made. Everything comes from this little region in your brain called your hypothalamus. That hypothalamus is what sends these hormones or these signals down to our adrenal glands, our ovaries for men, their testes, and also to your thyroid. So if we've got these red flags going on, it's telling the brain, this isn't a safe place to reproduce, or this isn't a safe place to focus on metabolism and growth right now. And so it's just going to kind of downshift the gears on all of those hormones because all hormones are just chemical messengers. So that's the first role that I see the gut playing is if it were not in great gut shape, it's going to really be a big source of inflammation to the whole hormone system. And then in addition to that, mostly if you're thinking about hormones like estrogen, even some progesterone and also thyroid hormones, the liver and the gut play really big roles. Um, all hormones have to go through our liver. That's how they are what we call deconjugated, how our body essentially kind of like breaks them down into the right form to then be removed through our stool, through our poop. So everything goes to the liver and ultimately comes out through your gut. And if we've got some sluggish processes going on there, either between the liver or the gut or somewhere in between, then those hormones aren't going to get out of the body efficiently. And what can happen is they can actually get reabsorbed and go back into circulation. And that can cause an imbalance. So that can lead to things like estrogen dominance, where we have more estrogen than we do progesterone, which will cause symptoms. Um, it can lead to issues with thyroid hormone levels, which your thyroid controls, your metabolism, your heat regulation in your body, uh, all growth. So the growth of your nails, your hair, your skin. And so if there's some sluggish processes going on there, all of those hormones are going to be impacted. And I see that a 
lot in women that I work with. And I see a lot of issues there as it relates to hormonal acne in particular. A lot of women mm-hmm. think that it's just like a hormone imbalance. But when we look a step deeper, there's actually some liver and gut issues that are really strongly at play that are what are driving the hormonal imbalances. And so we can't just start with hormones. We've got to start with the gut and the liver first before we even get to the hormones. Yeah, like going to the actual root cause of the hormonal imbalance. So you mentioned uh, hormonal acne, which I think is you know definitely a easy one to spot if you're experiencing that. It's easy to know if you're experiencing that, or at least like easy to assume possibly, and then go to a doctor and get that checked out. But what are some of the other signs of this poor gut health or this um, imbalance? whether that be the estrogen dominance that you mentioned or any other hormonal imbalances that you'll see. Yeah. I mean, I think digestive symptoms are really easy for someone to pinpoint, but I want to make note that you don't necessarily always have digestive symptoms when you have digestive issues. And I think Mm. that's really important because a lot of times when I'm talking with someone, they're like, yeah, I don't have any digestive issues. Like, I think we should still look at the gut because we've got hormone issues and hormones aren't the root cause. There's something that's causing the hormones to be imbalanced, right? And the gut is, I mean, I would say 70 to 80% of that cause of the imbalance. So it plays a really big role, right? Um, But I mean, main digestive symptoms, right? Like I said, um, having issues with certain foods. So like food sensitivities can't really pinpoint it. You just know that there are certain foods that cause you to feel inflamed. Um, Feeling like you're getting heartburn either after eating or between meals, abnormal bloating or abdominal distension, constipation, which is defined as less than two bowel movements per day. So even if you're only going once per day, we'd still consider that slow motility or constipation. Um, oh, wow. diarrhea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of people think it's, it's, as long as you're going every day, you're good, but you actually need yeah. to be going twice or more per day. Oh yeah. my, I gotta, um, <laughs> gotta look at some things here. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I know. And and sometimes, you know, people, they're going too much, you know, they're going six times per day. Like that's not good. Either. Oh, wow. Like, there is definitely yeah. I would say somewhere between two and four is a pretty healthy amount, of course, for larger individuals, people that eat more, you know, need more per day, then you might go a little bit on the higher end, but should be somewhere between two and four. And, you know, the Bristol stool chart is something that people can easily Google and see like, how does my poop compare to what it should look like? And mm-hmm. that's a really good example. But, you know, your poop shouldn't be mushy. It shouldn't be liquid consistency. It also, you shouldn't be straining to be able to go to the bathroom. It should be a very like slimy log, right? So, um, of course, not every bowel movement is going to be like that. You know, there's things that happen from time to time, but most of them should should be a good log. And so if they're not, then we've got some issues going on digestively. So, I mean, those are just yeah. some common digestive symptoms that someone can probably easily pinpoint on a daily basis. And for me, I, you know, I'm when I'm talking with clients and sometimes they get uncomfortable with this at first, but I'm like, you need to monitor these things, you know, like your digestion, your urine, your period. These are huge windows into your health. And so they're yeah. free tools to have that you can assess on a daily basis to kind of do like your own at-home lab testing of where you might stand. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That was definitely very eye-opening. And the fact that you might not always experience digestive symptoms if you're having issues with digestion or hormones is kind of eye-opening as well, because I feel like we tend to look for that first, right? We're like, okay, mm-hmm. if I don't see any huge red flags or if I'm not struggling or straining or whatever, then I'm good. But it's kind of like, well, are you, are you good? <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. So how do we actually begin to heal this, right? We obviously working with like a dietitian is like one method and it should be, you know, the method when you, you know, seek help from a professional. But like, what are some of the things that someone can start to do at home? And I'm specifically thinking about, you know, probiotics and how we have this like really big conversation going on right now around probiotics and gut health. And is that where you would recommend starting first? And if so, what what does that even look like? Right? How do you pick out a good probiotic based on you and you know, I guess your sex and what else is going on in your life? Yeah, it's a it's a good question because I think that a lot of people have hopped on the probiotic bandwagon, right? Because there's more and more information coming about coming out about the role of gut health and our total body health. The important thing to note with probiotics is that you really shouldn't be supplementing with one unless you've done a microbiome test. Unless you know what your microbial balance looks like in your gut, then you're just putting, you're blindly putting bacteria into your gut that you don't even know if you need. And what I see a lot of people do is that they're taking the probiotic. And then when we do a microbiome test, they actually already have an abundance of that specific bacteria. And now Mm -hmm. they're putting too much of a good thing into their gut. And that's possible, right? Um, It's just like exercise, right? You can do too much exercise and that be detrimental for you. There's a sweet spot, you know, and this can happen with the microbial balance in our gut. You know, our body doesn't want to, you know, be messed with in that way when it comes to bacteria. And so some people can be beneficial, but really the only time that I see probiotics beneficial is if we're using really high dosages to be able to get rid of some type of pathogen. And Mm -hmm. that really should be something that's like being verified by lab testing because you're going to need to be under a healthcare provider to use those high dosages. Um, Or if someone is under eating, then they are going to have a low bacterial balance in their gut because the food that we eat is actually what feeds those microbes. And especially what I see with women is if there's a history of disordered eating, eating disorders, or maybe like severe carbohydrate restriction, those things will deplete those good bacteria in our gut because those bacteria are fed off of fibers and those fibers are carbohydrates. So uh, if someone's not eating enough carbohydrate in their diet, we're going to see those bacteria die off. And so that's one of the reasons why it's so important that we are eating a really wide diversity of fibers from various different types of plants, you know, vegetables, fruits, herbs, root vegetables, all of them, because they all play a different role in how those good bacteria are fed. And that's really the best way to approach the digestive system is to feed those good bacteria more food. It's kind of, I always tell people like, if you had bad functioning employees, would it be a better strategy to try to nurture those employees that you currently have and try to get them into a better space or to just fire them all and start from scratch and hire entirely new employees, right? You're probably going to have a better result by starting with trying to nurture your current employees first. And then if that doesn't work out, okay, then you start, you wipe everything clean and you start completely over, right? But Mm -hmm. you don't necessarily want to just be like firing your employees every day just because they made a mistake, right? So for anyone that's listening that maybe is in HR, they can relate to that or owns their own business. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But that's kind of what's going on in the gut. Yeah. And when you describe probiotics, especially under the supervision of a professional, it almost sounds like it's a 
a concentrated and probably like a um, an approach that has a timeline to it, right? This isn't something where you're typically like, oh, you're going to take these for the rest of your life. It's, it's like there's a plan for it. Like, okay, we want this bacteria or this thing to get better. And so you're going to take this for like, I don't know, three months. Is that what it is kind of like? Exactly. Okay. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Any supplements I'm starting someone on, you know, whether it's for hormones or gut, we're going to use for two, three months, maybe six months, depending on what it is. But nothing is ever long-term, you know? I mean, the only like long-term things might be vitamin D, magnesium, fish oil, like some more foundational items, depending on, you know, that person's individual need. But all of the gut and hormone support supplements, those really should only be used to be able to treat an imbalance. About a year ago, I wanted to elevate my health and wellness journey. I was so tired of taking all these different supplements every single day. So instead of adding more, I decided I wanted to simplify and try AG1. It's one of the best decisions I made in 2023. I now feel more energized and mentally clear daily. My skin has even more of a healthy and brighter glow and my digestion has improved. Like I said, I first gave AG1 a try because I wanted to simplify my supplements. I wanted a single solution to support my entire body, my gut, and my brain health. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've noticed that I feel a boost in energy, not just in the morning when I take it, but throughout my entire day. I used to rely on caffeinated pre-workouts, if you know, you know, but when I cut those out, I struggled with grogginess. Adding an AG1 in the morning covers my bases with 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, and ingredients like pre and probiotics, adaptogens, antioxidants, and whole food source nutrients. My favorite part of AG1? It's just one scoop, one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. I love to add in a squeeze of half a lemon, a few drops of AG1's vitamin D3K2 and three ice cubes, approximately three ice cubes every single morning into my glass as well. This is a partnership made in heaven because AG1 is the supplement that I trust and have trusted since 2023 to provide the support that my body needs daily. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. That's drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. Check it out. Okay. Okay. This is good to know, especially because again, these, the probiotics that we see and even like multivitamins that we see, I think they're marketed as this thing that, you know, once you're on them, you're taking them for the rest of your life. Right. So it's almost like the, the, there is no solution that will rid you of having to take this for the rest of your life. It's like you, this is now part of your routine. And what you're Mm -hmm. saying is like, that not, is not necessarily the best approach. The best approach is to figure out like, how do we heal this thing? And then you won't have to, you know, take a probiotic every single day for the rest of your life, which I I think that approach sounds much more manageable to me. I would prefer not to have to take a bunch of pills every day because I hate (laughs) taking pills. So yeah, so there's that part. Yeah. So when we talk about the labs, you know, you mentioned, I think you said a microbiome test for the Mm -hmm. probiotics piece. So when someone is going to, you know, a doctor and they're like, okay, I want to figure out like where I'm at with my hormones and, you know, what's going on. Maybe I'm not experiencing certain symptoms 
symptoms, but I still want to check on things. Yeah. What do you ask for? Like, do you ask for specific labs? Do you say, I want to, you know, get my, my checkup? Like, what is that wording and what's that request look like? Yeah. So, you know, it depends. And this is the thing I think that's really important for people to know is that doctors' role isn't to prevent disease and support wellness. Unfortunately, that's that's not what, what their role is. Their role is to diagnose and treat disease. So mm-hmm. that's what they're always going to look to do. They're going to run labs to diagnose and treat disease. They're going to medicate to diagnose and treat disease, right? And so if you go to your doctor and you're like, I'm just really curious to see what my hormones look like. Like, can I get my hormones tested? They're either going to say no, or they're going to test the very bare bare minimum to be able Mm -hmm. to diagnose a potential hormone condition, right? And then you're going to leave with not the right information that you want because most of the people, at least I'm working with, you know, sometimes they have been diagnosed with something, but a lot of times they're just wanting to optimize their body. They're wanting to understand where things are. So I think we have to, sometimes people get frustrated with their doctor because they're like, oh, my doctor didn't listen. They didn't do what I was asking for. And yeah, I think it's right to feel frustrated, you know, if you're you're not being heard. But remember too that sometimes we're asking too much of them, right? That that's not their role in in our health journey. So keep mm-hmm. that in mind. You know, when we're doing something like a hormone panel, or I'm trying to identify someone's root cause of an autoimmune condition, and I'm testing for environmental toxic chemicals, or you know, we're testing for the microbial imbalance. Your conventional doctor doesn't even know what those tests are. They've probably never even heard of them before, unless they they've done training outside of medical school because they're just not things that they're trained to do. They're trained to, again, diagnose and treat, right? And mm-hmm. these, you know, getting a microbiome panel isn't, isn't a way to diagnose and treat disease. It's a way to understand a root cause, right? So it's just different. So if you're looking to do something like, you know, understand the root causes of your symptoms or your condition, then it really is best to work with someone that's in the preventative space. And that could be a registered dietitian. It could be a naturopathic doctor. It could be an acupuncturist. It could be a um, uh, like an herbalist of some sort, right? But these individuals are health practitioners that are more focused on the prevention. And that's really where we spend our energy. And so we have these tests at our arsenal to be able to run, right? And so mm-hmm. when you're getting something like a microbiome panel done, we're not using a traditional lab like you would go to your doctor for. We're using what we call an advanced lab. And so they're actually sole labs that are kind of standalone labs that we order the testing through and we have to drop ship the kit to the laboratory um, to be able to run these testing because they have the tools and equipment to be able to do this. And then that testing, if it's under a certain provider, gets sent to the provider that you're working with. If you're just going to your conventional doctor and you just kind of want to get a screening, then that should be pretty easy to do. And, you know, you could ask them for, you know, can I get a hormone screening done? Um, You know, can I get a, a metabolic panel done. And these are going to give us some very, very surface level screening, you know, objectives, but it really doesn't give us very much information, honestly, on where to go from there. Yeah. And it's, actually wild because I feel like it's almost like we have to retrain our understanding of like our entire medical system, I would say, because even as you're saying, you know, doctors are trained to diagnose and treat. It's like you say that and I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense, right? Because you you go to the doctor when you're feeling pain or when something's wrong, you're like, okay, I have to go see the doctor. And I think, you know, when you're feeling good, but you're like thinking about, like you said, how to optimize my body, you know, even when I've wanted to do things like that, I'm like, well, I can go to the doctor and I can ask for this, but is that what I'm 
going to get? Or will they be like, well, you don't really need this. You're fine. You're healthy. So having mm-hmm. the the understanding that we need to seek out professionals who are like in that space of preventative and in that space where they have, like you said, the tools that there are still and they understand, you know, this is what we need to test for or look at in a, in a very detailed way. I think that's super helpful to understand. And within that, you know, we, especially being in the U.S. now, we have this question about like insurance and affordability, right? And kind of going back to the food piece when we talked about that earlier. So what does that look like for, for insurance purposes, right? Do Does insurance typically cover these tests and these specific labs? Or is it something that you're more likely going to pay out of pocket for because it's kind of like a specialty thing? And, and if so, like what is the recommendation for someone who might not be able to afford these tests out of pocket? Yeah. So it goes back to the same thing of the role of doctors, right? The role of insurance is to pay for a diagnosis and a treatment of disease. So mm-hmm. unless you have a diagnosis and this testing makes sense to be able to diagnose you or treat your disease, insurance isn't going to pay for it because that's what insurance is there to do is to help you in times where you're in dire need, right? So yeah. if you if you don't have a diagnosis, there's really nothing we can bill to insurance for. There are preventative codes that we can use, but very rarely are they covered because unfortunately our insurance in the US just does not cover very much for preventative healthcare. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Which is so So, upsetting. Yeah. It's very upsetting. I know. So it's like, if you want to have these answers before you get to the disease state, no one, you got to, you have to pay for it. It's your full responsibility, which makes total sense. It's total backwards because we could prevent so many diseases if we could do this in advance and not wait 10 more years. But unfortunately, that's the way that things are set up, right? And so it is a financial responsibility on someone if they want to do this testing and they want to get to the root cause and they want to fix things before it's too late. And, you know, I mean, that can range anywhere from $300 to $1,200 and depending on how much testing we're doing and how advanced those panels are. And that's really where when I'm having an initial call with someone, I do the free 30 minute complimentary calls and I do a full mm-hmm. assessment. And that's where I understand someone's full timeline and really try to identify what their root causes are and what testing we need. I'm really figuring out, okay, what testing do we really need? Like what are the nice to haves? What are the absolute musts? And then kind of presenting to them, okay, this is what I really believe based off my assessment. And this is what that cost is going to be. Here's how we can break those payments up, You know, create a payment plan um, to be able to make sure that you get those answers. Because I don't want someone for, you know, of course, money is always going to be a, um, you know, a cause of concern for anyone to consider. But I don't want the way that that's being paid for to be what stops from someone from getting those answers they deserve. Yeah, no. And I definitely appreciate that you even offer something like a consultation to kind of have that initial conversation and be like, okay, you know, what would this look like? And, you know, you can plan for this financially, figure out how it fits into your budget, that kind of thing. And it definitely is just, you know, again, as we said, upsetting that in our climate today that, you know, things like this are not covered by insurance because it just makes it hard. I think you get to the the place where all of a sudden you're very sick and now it's very expensive for you to have to get care, but it's like, it could have been prevented in the first place. So, or hopefully could have been prevented in the first place. So yeah, but I, I do love that that's your process and there's like a payment plan available. And so for anyone listening who is interested in something like this, they know that there are options and there are um, professionals who are willing to work with them based on their financial, I guess, like, you know, financial situation and what they're also needing. 
So I'd love to switch over into a bit of like a a more focused conversation on um, our cycle. And I specifically would love to talk about our menstrual phases and what they are and then what the purpose of each one is. Yeah, this is such a good conversation to have because I think we as women are so misinformed about this. And I even will be working with a woman for six, nine months. And we've been talking about this since day one. And we get, you know, six, nine months down the road and they still have questions about it because it's so dang confusing, right? So it's like, unless you literally study this, it's so hard yeah. to like remember some of these things, you know? Um, no, there's so a lot. There's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot. Yeah. There's so much to know. So I'm like, you know, I try to make it as simple as possible. And if you're listening, you're really interested in this, get your, get your phone out, take some notes, right? So that yes. um, you can remember this really important information. But the cycle really starts with day one and day one is the first day of bleeding. So I'll say that again, it's the first day of bleeding. A lot of people think day one starts once you stop your period and that's not true. Day one is when you first bleed. That's when the whole cycle starts over again. And Mm. that kind of has like two names. It's called the menstrual phase and the follicular phase. You know, technically you're menstruating, but you're also in the, what we call follicular phase where the follicle is developing. And during that time, when you first start your period, you're in a really low hormone state. So you're hormones look most similar to a man's at that point. You've got really low estrogen, really low progesterone levels, and the lining of your uterus sheds. That's what facilitates a period. And the whole process starts over again. And then that follicle begins to grow and you start to make estrogen. And estrogen really is that dominant hormone that's building, building, and building. So I would say by like day four, so about when you're done with your period, your estrogen's at like a low, medium place. And then about a week after, after your period, we probably are at almost that peak of where your estrogen levels are going to end up being. And so that's about a two week long period, right? So you're going to have about day one and then up to maybe day 14 for some women that's even longer until they Mm -hmm. move into that next phase. For myself, it's closer to about 20 days personally. And for other women I work with, I usually see somewhere around like 17 to 20 days as well. You know, they, if you look online, it'll say 14 days is what everyone has. It's like, no, very few people ever have a perfect 14 day follicular phase. So Mm -hmm. it, it varies depending on um, your cycle and everyone's is a little bit different, right? But you're, you've got these high estrogen levels. And then what happens is that you're, you move into the next cycle, which is called ovulation. And that is about halfway through your period. So halfway through your cycle, essentially. So like I said, it's about day 14 through 20 for most women. And at that point, what happens is your basal body temperature. So your actual temperature that your body is elevates and you get, this strong surge in progesterone that happens the day after. And it's around that time frame when you're actually the most fertile. So mm-hmm. a lot of women I work with that are working towards fertility, they think that it's best to try to conceive on the day that you ovulate or after, but you actually have a higher percentile of pregnancy three days, two or three days before ovulation. And okay. yeah, one of the reasons for that is because sperm can survive for up to five days, right? So mm-hmm. if pregnancy is a goal of yours, you really do want to try to have intercourse a couple of days before that ovulation window rather than waiting until after you've ovulated, the chances start to decline from there. It's still possible, but a little bit of a lower, of a lower chance. Mm-hmm. So you ovulate, that basal body temperature raises by about half to a full degree Fahrenheit. And then estrogen drops off a little bit and now progesterone becomes the dominant hormone. And now you're in what we call the luteal phase. And during that time, you are going to say 
elevated in terms of your basal body temperature, your progesterone is really going to take over. And that's usually when women start to notice the most symptoms is like during this time frame. And that's because there's a lot of inflammation that's circulating during this time. Progesterone also can impact some other things. It can cause us to get dehydrated a bit quicker. You probably are going to notice that your resting heart rate increases. You find it a little bit more difficult to recover from workouts even. Mm -hmm. Progesterone is a catabolic hormone. So that means that it's going to break down muscle. So it's a little bit more challenging for us to build muscle during that time. Our body is actually more prone to breaking down muscle. And, you know, there's just so many different things that are going on. And that's even before PMS starts or before that like premenstrual period. So I'm talking like eat those two weeks before all of these things are starting to kind of happen in the background, right? And some women notice them more than others. And then you enter that late luteal phase, which is about that time where some women will experience PMS. And, you know, PMS has a lot of different causes. It can be because of hormonal imbalance. Um, it also can be because there's a lot of inflammation that's circulating during that time. And maybe you also are doing other things within your diet and lifestyle that are driving further inflammation. And so your body's having a difficult time with kind of managing those inflammatory symptoms. And then you also might experience some difficulties with like insomnia, breast tenderness, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. low mood. One of the reasons why we experience low mood is because when estrogen drops off, your serotonin levels, which is that feel-good neurotransmitter, also declines. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of like reason as to why those changes are happening. They're physiological things that are meant to happen in the body. So really, if we can understand what's going to happen, we can, one, I think, honor our bodies more. We can listen to our body more. We can feel less like our body's broken or that something's wrong with us, right? And we can make decisions in advance to be able to really support our body so that when we then start that next period, two weeks after we've ovulated, we have a much easier time with handling that menstrual cycle, having less symptoms, and then the whole cycle starts over again. Yeah. Oh, wow. Thank you so much for that summary. That was like super, super helpful. And, you know, when you were talking about the part of the late luteal phase, which is also you said around the time where we might experience some PMS symptoms, are those symptoms more so you would say like, you know, normal? Um, You mentioned the drop in, I think you said, was it progesterone or estrogen for the serotonin or that's connected to serotonin? Estrogen. Yeah. Estrogen. Yeah. So like when that's happening and you're experiencing the things like, you know, low moods some sadness, insomnia. I know I experienced that as well around that time. Is that a symptom of hormonal imbalance or is it more so something that happens naturally and is supposed to happen? And it's more that as you understand your body and understand your cycle, you're prepping yourself for what you know is going to happen around those times. It's, It's a scale for sure. And it's normal to have some of those symptoms. You're never going to be able to feel perfect for that day or a couple of days before you start your period because there's just a lot of things happening in the body, you know? Yeah. But it's the severity of those symptoms that really helps us identify if it is a imbalance or if it's a disease, right? Um, So, you know, maybe being bogged down for a day, you know, having maybe some fatigue, but it being manageable, you know, you're still able to work, you're still able to get things done. Um, You know, having a little bit of breast tenderness, but not to the point where it's like, if someone just, you know, hugs you, you're, you know, screaming in pain, right? So it's it's Mm -hmm. very much a spectrum. And being on the 
low end of that spectrum where I would say like your symptoms are from a zero to a four, zero being no symptoms at all, four being moderate, normal. Above the four, you know, we start to get into like five and a six, a seven where it's like, okay, now I'm in a lot of pain and these symptoms are really severe. Those are definitely when we should start raising some red flags and asking what's going on that's causing these symptoms to be so severe. Yeah, it's almost like if the symptoms and the severity of the symptoms are impacting your life to the point where you're noticing and it's, you know, you're having to change certain things to accommodate. Would you say that's kind of a good threshold for you to be like, okay, this I need to get this checked out? Totally. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. I know we're like getting close to the end of the, our conversation here, but I am super curious to ask you this question about our different phases and how we fuel our body. Now, is there a specific way that we should be fueling our body during each of these phases? Or is it kind of like, you know, listening to your body, honoring what it's calling for and needing in that specific phase? I think that there's two different things. And I always explain to women that if you want to cycle sync, which is what is kind of that term for syncing, you know, your nutritional lifestyle habits to where you are hormonally, wait to do that until you've established a good hormone lifestyle as a baseline. Okay. Because cycle syncing is a very like advanced feature. So I tell people like toggle it on, toggle it off, dependent off like your capacity in life, right? Because it is advanced and you have to really understand your cycle very well, first and foremost, before you start to do that. Otherwise, you feel confused. You're like, I don't know where I am. Am I in the follicular? Am I in the luteal? When did I start my period? Right. So yeah. <laughs> make sure you have that information first before you try to jump into sinking anything. Right. Otherwise okay. it's going to be overwhelming. And I'm sure any of your listeners have enough things going on in their life that they don't need an extra calendar item to navigate, right? Yeah. But I would say like at baseline, you know, just making sure that we're doing hormone supportive things for our lifestyle. So, you know, the way in which you eat, the frequency, the timing, what that meal looks like. And I teach all these things to both my one-on-one clients. And then I also have a group program that's called Strength and Hormones. And it's really meant to be able to help women understand like, how should I be eating? You know, our three pillars are nutrition, routines, and exercise. So it's all three of those kind of grouped into one to really understand what that baseline looks like. And then Mm -hmm. if you want to really sink things further, a couple of things to know about the different phases of the cycle is, you know, I mentioned that there's technically four phases, but for simplicity's sake, I like to just break it up for when we're talking about cycle syncing into pre-ovulation, which is between when you start your period and when you ovulate and post-ovulation, which is after you've ovulated to when you start your next period and really Mm -hmm. just break it up into those two phases because it's all we really need when we're talking about what's going on nutritionally and lifestyle wise. So during that first phase, which is when you start your period to when you ovulate pre-ovulation, your body has a little bit more capacity to handle harder workouts. Your body also is going to be able to burn carbohydrate a little bit more efficiently because your body has more estrogen on board and estrogen makes us what we call insulin sensitive. So Mm -hmm. your body can handle higher amounts of carbohydrate during that time. Um, If you're someone that maybe deals with some ovulation symptoms, ovulation is a time when there's quite a bit of a hormone output. You've got high levels of estrogen, your progesterone levels are rising, and there's also quite a bit of testosterone that's happening during that time. It can be really helpful, especially if you deal with like ovulation cramping or you have breast tenderness during that time. Some women experience hormonal acne during that time. It can be really helpful to really focus on making sure that you're supporting your liver with just different types of things. So um, like bitter foods in particular are really good for our liver. So think of Mm. arugula, beets, lemons, 
dandelion. These are excellent foods that you can incorporate more readily into your diet. Um, Green tea is also a really excellent option because not only is it really great for our liver, it's also really high in antioxidants and it can really help with being able to prevent some of that hormonal acne that can happen during that time. You do want to have a couple of cups per day. So keep that in mind that with any of these things, you know, you do need probably at least two cups to be able to, to get the dose that's needed. But really making sure that your body movements are staying regular, you're getting lots of fiber into your diet, that's going to help be able to get that excess estrogen out and prevent mm-hmm. a lot of this imbalance as we move into the luteal phase. Okay. Wow. This is like really good information, especially around uh, what you were saying to eat post-ovulation as well. So I'm just kind of thinking as you were saying it, I'm like, oh, add this to my grocery list. Add that to my list. Yeah. So then post-ovulation is when progesterone is a dominant hormone. And during that time, we don't have as great of ability to utilize carbohydrate, but we do have a little bit of an increase in metabolic rate that happens in about five days before your period. Your metabolic rate increases by about like an extra snack per day. So that's one of the reasons why you feel hungry. There's also yeah. a physiological reason why you crave sweets and chocolate because your body also ha- is burning through more minerals. And so dark chocolate, for example, is a really excellent source of magnesium and it usually has salt in it and sugar. Yeah. And those are things that really help be able to boost our minerals. So we really want to make sure that during that time that we are you know, increasing our intake by just a little bit to be able to support what our body's needs are. I think it's also a really good time to focus on anti-inflammatories in your diet. So so those would be things like salmon, egg yolks. You could do curcumin or turmeric, ginger. Um, you could also incorporate some magnesium through dark leafy greens like spinach and chard, the dark chocolate, almonds. You could always supplement those things too. And I usually, if someone's dealing with really bad PMS, I'll have them do a little bit of both. But we really want to try to support what's happening in the body. And as I mentioned earlier, what's happening is a lot of inflammation and a lot of mineral depletion during that time frame mm-hmm. before you start your period. Yeah, wow. This is super helpful information. And I hope everyone listening had a notepad out. I'm going to have to go back and listen to this and like also take notes. So thank you so much for that. Super helpful. Before we wrap up this conversation, I would love to know what has been your biggest finding or perhaps like realization about hormone health, food, and overall wellness since you've been doing your studies and also in private practice. All I can think of is that hormones impact everything, honestly. Um, Mm. I'm here right now in LA and I'm actually doing a three-day workshop with some corporate professionals on how to boost your energy and productivity. And I was like thinking to myself and I'm like, wow, there's such an impact of hormones in this, in this topic, you know, and it it doesn't matter what we're talking about. Your hormone health is impacting the way that you feel and function, the way that your body looks physically as well. And I tell all the women that I work with, and if you follow me on social media, I preach this all the time, but when we work with and honor our hormones, our body works so much better for us. And you just cannot outsmart your hormones. I know myself, I try to do that for so long my early 20s, I tried to think that I could, you know, just out macro and out exercise my way to what I wanted to accomplish. And my body said, heck no, I'm not going to listen. And I felt like crap every day. And I, it just wasn't, it wasn't a good, a good balance in my life, you know? And I just find that when we listen to and honor our hormones through the way that we eat, the way that we take care of ourselves, 
our body just works so much better for us. And so I just want to like leave that message with everyone who's listening is that if you're feeling like you are kind of running this uphill battle with your body in any way right now, take a step Mm -hmm. back and ask, you know, do I understand and am I honoring my hormones to the best of my abilities? And if not, how can I learn more and how can I start doing that? Because I know that your body's going to feel so much better when you do. Yeah, no, that was a great out point to leave us with because it literally just makes you think the fact, it makes me think of the fact that every time I eat something that's not really good for me, I do feel that after, right? I feel like sluggish or tired or it's hard to focus. And, you know, depending on what your days look like and what your life looks like, sometimes it is easy to want to grab the quick meal and the thing that's right there versus, you know, taking the time to prepare that whole meal or taking the time to be a bit more intentional about what you're eating. But it really does impact everything else. So it's like making that quick decision to have like, I don't know, like a chocolate bar really quickly instead of actually having a meal while you're going to save time, you're just going to really make things worse in the long run for your body and the way that you're functioning. So yeah, thank you so much for that, for that insight. And then also for this conversation as well, this has been super helpful, as I said, and just super insightful. Um, I've learned a lot. So I hope everyone listening has also felt that they've learned a lot as well. So Lauren, as we wrap up this conversation, I would love to know where we can find you online, what it is that you're working on and anything else that you'd like to share with us. Obviously everything will be linked in the show notes, but feel free to give us like a little bit of a spiel of what is happening for you right now. Yeah. So my practice is called Functional Feeling Nutrition and our website is functionalfeeling.com. And so, you know, any of the services we offer is included there. Um, Really, it's two things that I focus on. One of them is my group membership program that's called Strength and Hormones. And that's where it's really you learning about hormone health. And you also receive nutrition recipes, lifestyle routines, and actual hormone supportive workouts that are fresh each month. And there's a community of other women and things of that sort in there as well. And then I also do the one-on-one advanced functional nutrition coaching. And that's really for someone who wants to do the testing, wants to really dive deep, understand their root causes, and then have that one-on-one support with a custom plan and you know accountability and customization along the way. So those are kind of the two ways that I work with women. I'm over on social media. My handle is at Nutrition with Low, and I'm over on Instagram and TikTok. And then I have a podcast as well called the Strength and Hormones Podcast. And so really that's kind of like the free version of my group membership where I bring on different experts in the field to be able to just educate women more about hormones. And it's not just, you know, our hormones that we think about for our menstrual cycle. You know, we're also talking about hunger hormones and hormones that impact energy and hormones that impact our thyroid, right? And so it's really everything that you could ever want to understand about how your body functions better. We talk about over on the podcast. So yeah, that's everything I have going on. And, um, you know, I love to meet anyone too. So always feel free to say hi and reach out. And I'm just so grateful for our conversation today. Yes. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of that with us. And like I said, everything will be linked in the show notes below. Thank you again, Lauren, for chatting with me today. It has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me.
What if I told you that in 2024, you were going to travel more? I bet you would be excited because who doesn't have travel more on their 2024 vision board? But my loves, it's time to craft a bit of an action plan and take your first steps. And this is where I come in. I'm hosting a trip to Bali, May 23rd to May 29th, 2024 for the Manifest Daily community. I'm so excited about this one. We have a jam-packed itinerary. We have a Balinese cooking class, a sacred monkey forest visit, a coffee brewing workshop, literally the works because that's just a taste of the itinerary and this trip is a celebration of new beginnings and also a couple of birthdays so if you're curious about bali and you want to meet me there alongside a couple other wonderful amazing beautiful souls head to my website for more information themanifestly.com events visit the link in the show notes and yeah let's let's hang out in bali